What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. We are back for episode number 56, which is crazy. And we're still uh, we're not gonna, good. What are we... <laughs> what are we gonna do for our big hundred episode casino? Big just party. Um, have the worst episode we've ever had. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like we, maybe odds. we should do a live thing. I don't know. Live and Ooh. then have it recorded, and anybody that has followed us can, or gonna get on the train here soon, can watch a live episode of us, uh, Dingleworths. How about we do it live shirtless in the same room? Oh gosh, me and you. you really want me to? I I I have to. I have to work out, or we're just gonna <laughs> totally. We're gonna be Tom Segura and 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 uh, Bit Kreiser out there. Jeez. Uh, but it is a beautiful Friday. It's starting it is, to get actually. hot as balls. Uh I hate it. <sighs> I'm going out of town for the weekend, taking the family to Disneyland Casino tomorrow at 6 a.m. So you go, you go there have... way too often. You go there too often. Uh, I don't think we've been there since. You proposed s- probably. Since maybe last August, I think. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that, 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 but, that's a long time for you guys. But, yeah. uh,. Oh no! Did your your thing cut out? I just heard you say "but uh" and then nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm cutting in and out. I think. Yeah, uh, just, well, just on that note, just butter. <laughs> yeah. On that note, let's dive in. Yeah, to, I'm, I'm choppy. I believe I don't know you why. said. I believe you said it was the sixth longest NHL game ever last night between the correct so the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Correct. It lasted yeah, it was, so long. I, I put a half hour extension on my uh, taping of this game and it went past that. So I didn't see the ending. I had to literally watch the clip on YouTube. Oh, no, that's totally fair. Um, and it was, I watched almost every second of this game, which is <laughs> a lot. Um, but so, yeah, no, how um, long was it officially? Oh shit! I don't know. I don't have it officially pulled up, but um, well, I mean, like what, ballpark it. Uh, um, fourth, so it was uh, sixty minutes plus another, um, uh, almost eighty minutes. It was just shy of eighty minutes. So you're looking at sixty, one hundred twenty-one, like a hundred and fifty-eight-ish minutes. Or 159 minutes or something like that. Essentially, they've played they played two games. It was 79 minutes and 47 seconds of just overtime. Right. So an extra and then yeah, add like said, 60. Extra... So 138 or whatever. Add another 20 there. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. It ended at if you wanted to watch this on the East Coast, it ended at 1.54 a.m. East Coast on a Thursday night. That is that is crazy. That is crazy. But let's talk about the game, Casino. How uh, – uh, oh, no, did you? We're off to a bad start.
Are you back? You're back. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm showing perfect connection, signal strength, excellent. It's just got to be my computer, man. I got a. You said two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's my. Okay. Yeah, on my end, it's same thing uh, you just said. Two 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 hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll just throw it to you to talk about the game, and then we'll just go from there. Three. So, Casino, now that we know how long it was and that it didn't end till almost 2 a.m. on the East Coast, let's talk about the actual game. What did you think of the game and the Panthers playing on the level of the Hurricanes and eventually winning the game in 80 minutes of overtime? Uh, I loved the game. I loved every second of it. Um, I was on pins and needles. They they had really good... Even that far into overtime, they still had a really good um, structure and gameplay. It, it got a little sloppy, obviously. You're, you're exhausted. But their chances that they were having throughout the overtime, you saw their like quick bursts of like, this is this is it. This is the energy. It wasn't just like a little like uh, slap on trying to get the puck towards net. They were actually on some, some gusto when, when they had an opportunity. Um, my biggest takeaway is both goalies were phenomenal. Anderson for the Hurricanes played outstanding. And then Bobrovsky, as we've been talking about all, all playoffs um, and going into the playoffs, he's just absolutely stellar. I mean, like I said, two-time Vesna winner, goaltender right there, and he's, he's showing it. Um I'm fine with this. I want this because if the Knights can get past the Dallas Stars, I want these teams to do this like five more times. Um, <laughs> but this was an absolutely wonderful game to watch and a hell of a way to start off the final four. Um, and so what was fun with this, it was the shot attempts were pretty low. Uh, well, shots on goal. Um, shot attempts are a whole different thing than actual shots on goal. Um but it was fairly low for going over two games worth of of shots. But um, get it over here, box score, team, just get that out of the way. Uh, yeah, so sixty shots and sixty five shots, um, sixty for the Panthers, sixty for floor or uh, for the Hurricanes, six, yeah, sixty for Florida, sixty five for the Hurricanes, and that's not that many when you break it down into a little over two games. Um, yeah. But the defense and everything the, you really saw four lines playing for both teams. Um, yeah, it, it was great. I, I was a little worried with um, the Panthers like superstar, Matthew to I was waiting for him to do more. Um, he didn't have a shot on goal. I think the entire um, uh, overtime, because I know that he had two shots in the regulation. So he only had three shots on goal recorded the entire game. And the third one happens to be the game winner, which I watched that. And it was, it was a sloppy clear trying to clear, but in my eyes, I thought it was a little controversial. It looked like it hit the linesman and stopped it from going out. And the linesman did try to get out of his way, like out of the way, but yeah, but regardless, there was a, like all these goals that were in OT or all the almost goals in OT were a little like wonky. 
It had that one that was called back. There was a bunch of ones that like hit the crossbar or like hit the oh, guy. Yeah. And, and so the one missed, the, I wanted like, to get into that. So two minutes into the first OT, you had uh, you had a goal by the Panthers. They had won. Everybody started leaving, uh, but they went to go check for goaltender interference. It, some announcers were saying yes. Some announcers were saying no. The rules analyst that they called in was saying it was not goaltender interference, that the defenseman was pushing the moment, his momentum into the guy, into the Anderson, the goalie. Um, I thought it was goaltender interference um, because the Hurricanes player – he wasn't pushing him like he was just going backwards. He was getting position. He had his back face to him. Um, and initially uh, the player that came in and, and scored that um, scored that or not scored the goal, but made the goal goal tender interference um, before he got moved in by the defenseman. He is moving the goalie's skate. The, he is moving his skate with his skate just by coming into the zone. And that throws him off balance because now he can't get his foot into the ice and get back over on an easy, easy puck that just like slid in from, uh, from the shot. So I am fine with it being called goaltender interference. A lot of people weren't um, obviously it doesn't matter in the end. They still won. Um, it, it this would have been a much more. This, is, this would have been a much bigger one. talking point if Carolina won. You know, yeah. if Carolina won, yeah. it would have been it would have been a much larger talking point, but didn't play out that way. So, well, the, it's yeah. also crazy that if that goal doesn't go in with like twelve seconds left, they're going to another OT, right? Like, oh yeah, this game. So yeah, how so how OT works in um I, I don't think I don't know if you know, but how OT works in um in the playoffs for hockey uh it is golden goal 20 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 20 minutes and it's five on five it's just like the game just continues to the next um to the period pretty much um regular uh regular the rules have always changed back and forth right now it's three on three for five minutes if no goal then you go into a shootout um obviously they have to do that way and there's a lot of people that don't like like the shootout portion in hockey, but if you don't have the shootout and end the game, you're just going to, and people are like, well, ended in ties. Well, that doesn't work with how their point system is. Um, yeah. But if if you don't have it, you know, and in a shootout and just actually get the game ended and you have a winner and loser, you're going to end up with games like this and they're going to be exhausted. So but I do like that they do it in the playoffs because you're here in the playoffs. I had an argument with somebody last night at the bar. Um, I went out actually. The wife and kid were asleep, oh. and I actually went out and and uh, drank. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I had an argument with this guy at the bar, and he was talking about, um, oh well, you know that seems unfair. You know these teams are going to be exhausted. You know they're going to be exhausted moving on and it's like a disadvantage to them. Well, you know what? They made the playoffs. They should be able to finish a game out. They should be able to find a game, find a way to win. You're the best teams left in the NHL. Find a way to win. You just have to. Um, yeah. That's how I see it. No, I agree. <sighs> I will, And I'm plus I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that's always like shootouts. I just think it's a cool wrinkle to the game. Kind of like penalty kicks. Like it's just, 
it doesn't happen all the time. So when it does happen, it feels special. I don't know. It feels like it's right. like you're watching something different. Yeah. Plus, like you said, um, like if they literally just kept letting them play, uh, when you get a game like this, uh, if they didn't score in 15 seconds, this could potentially have go- just kept going. Like oh, yeah. OT after OT. And then, like you said, it's game one. Like now you're expecting these guys to keep playing in this series like two days later. Jesus. Well, I mean, a lot of players had reached over 40 minutes worth of ice time. Um, three players collectively between the two teams reached over 50 minutes of ice time. Brett Burns for the Hurricanes. I uh, can't stand the guy who used to play for the Sharks. Can't stand his beard. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, that guy. Um, anyway, he did the 50 over 55 minutes of ice time. And that is a lot for any player, but those defensemen are absolutely just bonkers tired. And then I know uh, Forsling for uh, the Panthers, they Forsling for the Panthers. He was one of the defensemen that did go. Um, why, does he, why does it keep going away? My stupid phone. Um, yeah, Forsling was 55 minutes, almost uh, 56. And then um, uh, Ekblad was 52 minutes. And then you have a – oh, no, wait, no. I, I didn't miss this guy. And uh, Brandon Montour for the Panthers, almost 58 minutes of ice time. That is absolutely bonkers for an individual to play in one Dude, his, game. All their thighs and legs have to be so fucking sore today. Have you ever tried ice skating? Dude, your thighs fucking, ugh, it hurts so bad or hurts so good. You know what I'm saying, Casino? Like right. Like your thighs burn? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but. Sorry. I was just getting told by, it, probably a scam, but by Wells Fargo saying, did you try to uh, do $366 out of Rite Aid in Memphis, wherever? Yeah, wherever I got Memphis that is, same scam thing yesterday so it's definitely a scam but uh memphis (laughs) who who, who lives in memphis elvis maybe maybe this is proof that he's still alive and we just broke it right here on the podcast you you never know that that's elvis trying to steal my steal my code (laughs) sounds good everybody thinks he's dead he's got no money uh but casino anything else to add uh on this game, before we talk about the Knights and the um, um, Stars tonight? No, not really. I just thought it was an outstanding goaltender matchup. Um, some of those some of those shots were, were fantastic. Um, as you are saying, like, the goal scores in the game were getting a little, or chances were getting a little wonky. Um, Anderson made this one really good save on a turnover that the Canes had uh, down right in front of his net. And the uh, Panthers players trying to deke him back and forth, but Anderson was staying strong. Got it. You had a couple different bars, uh, crossbars hit in OT. Um, also, you had really wonderful multiple stick saves um, by the goalies, where one was like off the shaft, the other one was the dude was down and lifts up his stick just enough while he's laying flat on the ice, and it hits the fat part of his stick. I'm sure you can see that on ESPN. I'm sure it's going to be the top in the top 10, um, maybe even number one in the top 10. Um, obviously, they didn't get to play it last night because the game didn't end until, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, past a, it didn't end until 11 Pacific time. So there's no way that was going to be on Sports Center. 
um, that late. But no, uh, I'm really excited to, to see how this series goes. Um, I still think I have the Canes going. Um, we were talking about Bobrovsky being the better goaltender going, well, not better, but the hot goalie going in. Um, Anderson in that game was outstanding. And yes, they lost, but I think he goes out with his head up high because he kept them in that game for two two games and plus technically. So yeah, the dude the dude was an absolute stud. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see this this goalie uh, goalie battle back and forth. Um, it'll be I interesting. Think, uh, and then, I think I'm still yeah, taking tonight, the Panthers. I think that's I'm fine. Still taking no, that's the totally Panthers. fine. Um, I, I think either Dallas or the Knights can take, I think the cup comes back to the West this year. I think Dallas or Vegas will win, win the cup this year. And that's nothing against, nothing against the East. They're just, they're good. Um, but I, I, I like how Dallas and the Vegas would match up against either one of those teams over there. And as for that series, game one is tonight in Vegas Casino. And you have been nice enough. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on this weekend. You have EDC this weekend. You have Vegas Golden Knights this weekend. Oh, man. You've got Disneyland trips this weekend if you're me. Uh, We're we're talking about in Vegas, buddy. (laughs) Oh, come on. Uh, And Casino was nice enough to buy us center ice front row tickets for this game just me and him we're going tonight we'll be there live probably on camera all night thank you casino well you you know it's funny you say that on on sunday (laughs) i i've i've invited a lot of family friends over to the house on sunday because we're gonna get in the pool um you know white collar problems we're gonna get in the pool we're gonna watch uh you know, on my back patio and, and all that stuff. You're going to be eating caviar and champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Caviar off of my wife's uh, baby belly. Yeah. All that (laughs) thing. I don't know that, that, that was, when you said caviar, that was the weird thing that came in my mind was eating caviar off of people. And then, then my mind was like, how weird would it be to eat caviar off of my wife's pregnant belly? Sorry. That's how my mind works. Everybody. New fetish. What's up? New <laughs> that's, fetish unlocked. That's you're White gonna be searching fetish that unlocked. Later. <laughs> um, but no, so anyway, so funny you say that because I have people coming over, but there is a small, small chance, um, because of graduations and this and that, that my owner of my business, who does have glass seats, um, and would be in frame all the time. Um well. We, me and my coworker, we put it in his ear of like, because we're two coworkers that haven't been invited yet. Um, we're, <laughs> two, we're, we're two very hockey minded people, and he knows this. But um, yeah, he kind of mentioned like, oh, if I'm not able to make it, you know, there's a possibility that he would give the tickets to me and my coworker. And if that's the case, I haven't even told my wife this. I'm, and we have people coming over Sunday. She can be the host and I'm gone. I'm not going <laughs> to be. I'm not going to say gonna no. It is going to be hilarious on the next episode where we ask if you were at this game and you're just going to be like, no, no, he went. Oh, no. I mean, he went. It, it, <laughs> I don't expect I don't expect this to fall th- or, or to, to come into fruition. I expect it to fall through 100 percent and and not be a thing. But um, <laughs> if there is that slight chance where I get the call, I'm going. 
I don't care. Will, the wife doesn't know. If you see the light in the sky, you will rip open your shirt, reveal that uh, it's been you all along, and then be right there courtside. You got to take a picture <laughs> with another person, uh, and then I will superimpose my face on that person. So it'll be like we were there, and that will be the well, um, one of the people the that podcast. were actually sitting them um was uh uh brad garrett which is cool oh so put my face i will put I... my face on brad garrett that's been the dream <laughs> it's always been the dream it's since the dream. i first watched uh everybody uh, i was like i want my head on his shoulders now here's the chance casino uh but as for the game tonight between the golden knights and the stars who do you think takes game one and why? Um, I think the Knights take game one because I do think Dallas is underestimating Vegas. Hmm. Okay. I think nothing against Seattle, obviously. I mean, this is just knowledge. Vegas played a harder comp- uh, opponent in the Oilers than what Seattle is. Uh, Seattle had a great run. They're a good team. Uh, like I said, Many times, deep team, very fast and scary because they could score a lot. Um, but Dallas struggled against Seattle, who's a good four line team. Well, Vegas is a better four line team, and Vegas is coming off a high against the Oilers. And I don't think Vegas, especially since it's going against their old coach, they're going to be a little fired up. Um, especially since a lot of people have doing the same thing, even though Vegas is betting favorites, the analysts are still picking Dallas over Vegas. So they've got a chip on their shoulder. They talked about it, uh, in the Oilers series that everybody had, you know, had the Oilers and nobody was picking us. That gave us fuel, same kind of thing. So I just feel like there's too much for the Knights, um, too much for the going for the Knights for them to not win game one. Um, if yeah. if they lose, would I be absolutely shocked? No, because Dallas is a good team, really good team. Um, but I don't think Dallas is understanding how much better Vegas is now than when they played in the regular season, when Vegas was not going, was not full tilt with all their players going with Bruce Cassidy's system. So now that they're all of our players are back, except for we have some injured goalies, but you have Hill playing well. And then you have Jonathan quick, you know, right behind him again, not in his prime, but I'll take him as a backup 100% cause he's been there before he has two cups. He knows, he knows you need to put pride aside and do what needs to be done to win games. And so for him to have to fall into Cassie's system, I'm sure he would as well. So I have the Knights. I just think Dallas won't be ready for it or they're underestimating them and the Knights have too much fire and things that are giving them juice to, to win game one. Will Dallas counter possibly, you know, switch some things up uh, mid game, possibly maybe too late. I think so. Especially if Vegas can get out to a lead. I like Vegas's chances with the league because they've been playing from behind almost the entire Time. The thing that I am worried about, though, for the Knights is Dallas is another good power. I mean, you had really good plays in the Jets. 
and the Oilers, the Vegas. Vegas has really struggled um, on their penalty kill these playoffs. And I'm not sure if that's just because those two teams were really good on the power play or if Vegas was just being bad on the penalty kill. But they were able to figure out Oilers' penalty uh, power play as the series went on. I'm just hoping that they can still stick to that, whether they let up a few goals. But I really think, again, it's going to come down to what you can do five-on-five versus the power play um, of Dallas. I mean, Dallas is a good four-line team, and we'll see how they they set up tonight because they can run four lines or they can go top-heavy as well. and they'll probably give us give give the Knights multiple looks throughout the series, and the Knights will have to adjust. So I'm excited for it. I still have the Knights going through um, in six. I think six. I think I said six. But uh, yeah, yes, I'm you ex- said six. I said five. So I think the Knights win. I think they win potentially the first three, and then Dallas gets one, and then Knights close it out. So. Yeah, uh, I did pick the Panthers in seven. You pick Hurricanes in six. So for both those series, good stuff, good stuff. Now let's get over to the NBA casino. With the hockey game last night, did you catch any of this one? Not a single bit. <laughs> I watched zero. I watched six hours of hockey last night. Yeah, yeah. I watched about two and a half hours of hockey and then the end of this game. And then this morning I went back and watched the first half that I missed of this game. Uh, I watched my son's uh, fifth grade graduation was last night. So me and his mom took him to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards because he likes Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Hey casino, you know, what's the worst place to watch a fucking sporting event. Uh, Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings is the fucking worst. Unless they want to sponsor this podcast, then I will say you're not the worst, but maybe good. I don't know. The It's just trash. Like, I hate, hate, hate going to sports bars during games because it's just people loudly cheering when their team does something and then the other team loudly cheering as a response to the other people loudly cheering. So since we're in Vegas, I would say... I would say the locals here are 90% Lakers fans. Like, I don't oh, even think yeah. that's an exaggeration. Like, it's no, just not. It's like, not. we're majority Lakers fans, especially with Vegas becoming so, like, California resident base now. It's, like, ridiculous how many Lakers fans we are. But at this particular Buffalo Wild Wings, it was, like, 70% Lakers fans, 30% Nuggets fans. So, Midway through the third quarter, the Lakers fans are cheering when a team scores two points like they just won the fucking game. And then the Nuggets fans would cheer in response. And it was for for any length of time, if it's just the last 30 seconds of a game, it's fine. For an almost entire quarter and a half, God, was it fucking annoying. But that made it all the sweeter when the Nuggets win. I don't care about either of these teams. I've never been a Laker or Nugget fan, but watching the Lakers lose when the entire bar is cheering for the Lakers, I get that casino uh, uh, rush of just people being sad. It felt good. I, I like Oh, it. yeah. 
Oh, by the so touching on that, all the Hurricane fan, uh, fans that stayed up till two a.m. in that arena and had to walk <laughs> out super sad. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh man, dude! Like, imagine, why did yeah. why did we stay? Why did we stay and watch this much of hockey and we still lost? And like every five minutes, you'd look up and you see more people. Like before the game ended, more people gone because everybody was like. At work in the morning i'm exhausted dude especially yeah that's what i was gonna say especially for it being a thursday night like most some i wouldn't say most some of those people had to be like i have to wake up for work at seven eight nine o'clock it's fucking 2 a.m and it's gonna take me half an hour to get out of this fucking parking lot probably longer like oh that's rough but sadness and anger and fans being sad is what fuels this podcast so right that that's why we're so energized today great moment great moment and those buffalo wild wing guys being so sad when they left or whatever of course it was a dude backwards hat sunglasses on because that's just like the that's what i look like version of a lakers fan (laughs) yeah that's what i look like mean lakers time Uh, indoors it was eight o'clock but anyways uh lakers last night uh, fall to the Denver Nuggets with a score. Oh, I just had. A Do we game. want to talk about? So uh, we didn't talk about Wednesday's game, Boston Miami. We'll we'll get into that later. Oh, we did not. Oh, no, okay. So let's let's do Denver LA, and then we'll do that, and then we'll wrap it up. We'll make it a short show today, sorry, people. But that's what happens when you only have two days. Yeah, yeah. I forgot we didn't talk about that game, but uh. Wait, are you sure we didn't talk about that game on last episode? Well, yeah, because we did. It was Wednesday night. We did Wednesday. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yes, last night. But let's talk about last night's game first. The Nuggets win one hundred eight to one hundred three. I have some notes that I took while watching at Casino in the first quarter. Interestingly enough, this exact quote was read. I rewound it so I could get this quote word for word by, I believe, Mark Jackson, who said it. Uh, The Lakers get to the line more than any team in the league by a big disparity, and that's how they win. Interesting that that was said within two minutes into the first quarter of this particular game, almost like it was foreshadowing what we were about to see. I text you uh, about midway through the third quarter and just when they showed the fouls called team by team and I sent it to you and said NBA fuckery in full effect. We talked about this potentially happening for either to benefit the Lakers or the Celtics. Well, it benefited the Lakers in Denver. I cannot even imagine I cannot imagine the calls the Lakers are going to get in the next two fucking games at home if they're getting this wide of a margin of calls in the fucking opponent stadium. The fouls ended up being, uh, let's see. Oh, I just had it. Where, 20 oh, and 18. Fouls. Uh, it was 20 to 18 at one point, however. And remember, 20 to 18 when at the end the Lakers had to nonstop foul the Nuggets to make them shoot free throws. Because at one time the Lakers had 22 free throw attempts, the Nuggets had 10. Okay, like 
get the fuck out of here. I watched the entire game. The Lakers, the calls. So for the first quarter, I said the calls in the first quarter were fucking abysmal. Like the ones they missed were so fucking obvious. And then the second quarter just got worse and it never got fucking better. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he, uh, he misses, he misses on a call on the other end of the nuggets. Right. And the foul and the, the refs are like, Oh my God. Or the, the announcers are like, how did they miss that call? How'd they miss that call? He immediately goes down, gets fouled, and then the announcers are like, how is that a foul? Literally in the broadcast, two back-to-back plays on the same player, the announcers are like, how did they miss that call? How did they miss that call? Next second, he gets called for a foul on him, and they're like, "Why? how is that a foul? And like they, and they, again, it's just abysmal, abysmal. Also, it's always so funny. When calls are so abysmal that, but they only benefit one team. Like, isn't that interesting, Casino? It it's is. almost like how the Chiefs, uh, we talked about it during football. They, all the calls are so bad, and yet they always just coincidentally benefit the other team. That, like, when the Chiefs are playing anybody, they always benefit the Chiefs. That's what we get in Lakers games. Always the calls are abysmal. They just always happen to fall in favor of the Lakers. Like, oh, that's fucking interesting. I wonder why that happens. But yeah, last night the Lakers ended up shooting 26 free throws, uh, making 23 of them. Nuggets only shot 18 free throws. So when you look at the fouls, it's 19 and 18, but the fouls that matter are the ones that give you free shots. And they benefited the Lakers again. It was said two minutes in the first quarter by a wide margin. The Lakers get more calls than anybody. Everybody knows why, but we have to pretend like that's just the game. That's just how it played. Okay. We're just going to have to deal with this every fucking game. Uh, We'll talk about the LeBron James flop in the fourth when we get to it. But for the uh, second, so for the first quarter, I just had that. For the second quarter, uh, I don't know why the broadcast decided to show uh, the Hachimura going under the basket and then kind of doing like a, a little layup or whatever. Layup. They showed that one highlight in the span of four minutes about 75 times, and I kept trying to understand why that was the highlight. They were showing nonstop. Like it was a nice play. But it wasn't like, like, like you were talking about earlier. It's not going to make a Sports Center top ten or whatever. They showed this highlight so many times. I was like, "Am I? Did I miss something? Am I fucking dumb? Like, why are they showing this?" Uh, this, however, was maybe the funniest part of the game on back-to-back Lakers possessions. LeBron James just fucks up a layup. He is wide open. He's streaking down the field. He goes to lay it up and it just hits the rim and bounces off. And everybody like the crowd, obviously, because it's in Denver, like the crowd erupts. And then there is. <coughs> there it I'm sorry, is. I'm getting too excited. I'm getting too excited. My throat is. <coughs> I'm still sick. Uh, then. It goes back to Nuggets almost, I think it's like one or two plays later. LeBron does a breakaway. He's going for a reverse 
like back dunker, uh, whatever the fuck you call it. He's trying to do some like a nice little dunk for the audience to be like, fuck you for making fun of me. The ball slips out of his hand and goes out of bounds and it's a turnover. He had two shots almost back to back that were wide open, him going down the lane and he fucked both of them up. And obviously because it was in Denver, the crowd was letting him have it. And it was glorious. Oh, they should. It was glorious. Uh, however, the second quarter really was, I think, where you started to see the cracks in the Lakers' armor. The announcers kept talking about it. It was cle- it was really obvious. I believe they showed a, a, a stat line where it was like 20 to 8 in transition points. The way the Nuggets, I think, win this series and beat the Lakers is threefold. One, they're, the Lakers' transitional defense is... I'm going to use that word again, abysmal. It is so bad. When the Nuggets are on a fast break, the Lakers, not only do they look like they not run back at the speed you would expect an NBA team to fall back on defense, they always are out of position. They like cluster in the middle instead of protecting the wings. So you always have a shooter on the edge of the three-point line and the Nuggets just kept taking advantage of that and then Aaron Gordon for most of the game was a liability on the perimeter but I think when we talked last time about the Lakers making adjustments the Nuggets the adjustments they can make is get Aaron Gordon in the paint and literally just funnel the ball into him so he can but uh, he's so fucking tall. He literally just has to jump an inch to dunk it. And we saw that multiple times in this game. We also saw multiple times where the Lakers would just keep him uncovered on the three point line and like the perimeter of the uh, two point line and just like dare him to shoot. And then when he did, he missed wildly. So I think uh, transitional defense and kind of that keeping Aaron Gordon in occupied in the middle is what they need to do. Also, the Denver Nuggets were running laps, especially by the end of the game, around Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and most of this Lakers uh, offense and defense. Well, that's the something Lakers I'm just looking at. Stats of is uh, Davis just box scored, didn't have a good shooting night. No, he was very good defensively, though. He had a very good defensive night, but offensively, they're going to need more from him. And him and LeBron at this point, I think uh, I wrote a note of it right here. Uh, With 340 left in the second quarter, LeBron James is walking back from one end of the court to the other to get on offense. He's walking back and you can see it in his body language. You can see it on his face. He just looked fucking exhausted. And again, this was second quarter with almost four minutes left. So this was not anywhere near the end of the game. And it never looked like he got his energy back. He's Hmm. walking back. They pass him the ball. He jacks up an ugly looking three and then it misses. And then he kind of like lightly is jogging back and you could just see on his face. Oh, for six. Oh, for six. Well, not only that in the playoffs in the fourth quarter, he is one of 20 on three point shots, one of 20. And he took, I mean, 
we talk about Steph Curry having like back or back breaking threes, right? But that's for the other team. LeBron has back breaking three attempts. I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. No one can stop him in the paint on any team, even in this Denver series, when he wants a basket up the middle, as long as he's guarded, he makes it, you know, as if it's not the dunk or the layup, he needs to have somebody on him that he can bounce off and just get right to the rim. All right. Sorry. I'm getting too excited. I uh, went into a coughing fit. That's why there were, that was weirdly edited. But uh, my last thing casino, besides running them off the court, because I really do think, the age of LeBron might have finally caught up to him because, yeah, the altitude in Denver is not helping, but he just looks no. like there's too many miles on those legs, and he is just fucking And you know what? Done. Do you think that's why he's shooting so many threes? And, I mean, he was 0 for 6 yeah. instead of driving the lane. Well, I think the the threes are as a result of he's now defending uh, the Joker on the other side, which takes obviously a lot of energy. And then he just doesn't have the energy now to, and this is because of father time to just cut through the middle, bounce off two or three guys and get the bucket. So he's being like, well, my only other option is to shoot. The easiest way to shoot is just stand on the perimeter and jack up a three. And that's what we've seen. He played again, every fucking game. He's playing 40 minutes. And remember, they went seven against Golden or they went six against Golden State. Like they were in the playoff game. Like the, 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 he's been playing 40 minutes for at this point for like two and a half months. Like that is a lot of fucking wear and tear on anybody, let alone one of the older players in this series, obviously. But he um, he still almost had a triple double. He went 22 points. Yeah, he was nine one rebounds, rebound away from assists. it, right? Yeah. One, yeah. one. But uh, but you know who did have a triple double? Well, now Joker. we can shift over, yeah, to talk about the Nuggets and dude. Uh, so when uh, talk about a, a player a coming out party in this playoffs, uh, Reeves. I mean, Reeves twenty two points. He tied LeBron James for most for the team. Like that's pretty great. Um, so you did say uh, uh, something about uh, last game, fourth quarter, that hot. Um, um, oh my gosh, Hachimura uh, had um, Joker figured out. I mean, he had a pretty good game. Uh, so maybe he did figure out a, a little bit, but Denver's too good to not adjust to that. Well, Hachimura in the first half of the game was six for six with 17 points in only 14 minutes off the bench. So he had a great offensive performance. And then defensively, the crazy thing is, Talking about the Nuggets offense, like Jokic uh, didn't have that great of a game and he still put up a triple-double in 42 minutes. He scored 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. But when you were watching the game, it's not like he leapt off the screen at you. He didn't have a great game. The person who had the great game was Jamal Murray, who scored 37, 37. 10 rebounds, 5 assists. But... In the first half, I mean, he couldn't hit anything. I believe he ended the first half with like 10 points, and but he was like uh, four for 12 or something like that, like from the fields. He was not having a good shooting night at all. And then Hachimura was having a great shooting night and then, or just a great game in general. And then it kind of switched where 
Hachimura scored 17 in the first quarter or in the first half and then only ended the game with 21 points. So he only scored four points after halftime, which he kind of disappeared. But like you're saying, the emergence of Reeves as just a really good um, three-point shooter. At the end of this game, it's ironic, or not ironic, it's funny that... At the end of the game, you almost wanted the ball out of LeBron James' hands and into the hands of this random guy named Austin Reeves. I mean, he was on fire, and he was matching Jamal Murray almost shot for shot. But Jamal Murray was making, with oh. how bad his shooting was in the first half, his as, second As we've half, been sitting here, I've been pulling up some highlights, and I just see Murray just draining draining Dude, it draining and he it, was draining, draining threes that weren't <laughs> open like he was draining threes with that's somebody what I, that's in what i'm face. seeing here like that that's absolutely phenomenal what a game by jamal murray good for and, him well, fantastic the, man the playoffs have just been this emergence of jamal murray as a real number two on this team only behind the joker in the regular season he was only averaging 20 points four rebounds, six assists. The last couple games, he has gone for 37, 31, 26, 19, 28, 32. And then against Minnesota, uh, the last game against Minnesota, he scored 35. First game against the Suns, he scored 34. So, I mean, he has just emerged as a real threat and a real good three-point shooting option. And especially the most important point, or the most important part, especially coming from a Sixers fan, he's emerged as a closer. Like, he gets hot at the end of games and is really like the final nail in the coffin of whatever teams they're playing because the Lakers, they were coming back in the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden Jamal Murray just rips off like four threes in a row and now all of a sudden the Lakers were within two. Now they're down 12. Like, and it happened like within a minute and a half. And it was just a hot, hot Jamal Murray night. But the last thing we can talk about is, did you see the LeBron James flop from Nikolai Jokic where he ends up in the first row? He gets like pushed, quote unquote, ends up in the first row and somebody spilled their drink like on him. So LeBron James took oh, I don't know, give or take 94 minutes to get off the ground and like wipe it off and be like, I'm good to go. But it this is where when shit like this happens, I give LeBron a little credit because it is really smart. He took that moment to sit on the ground and literally regain some type I'm looking, of- energy. I'm watching this right now. <laughs> it was- it was uh, obviously a flop. Everybody, even NBA players on Twitter were calling him out for flopping. But in terms of strategy, it was really smart. Because like I said, you could tell the end of the second quarter or even midway through the second quarter, LeBron James was fucking out of gas. So there was no t- any- Joker didn't even touch him. Well, yeah, but that's, again, that's why it's a flop. Because it was obvious it wasn't a penalty. But then... Uh, Joker on the next position possession got a callback in his favor. That was clearly a flop in response to LeBron James flop. And you could see Joker kind of like laughing it off. Like if you can do it, I can do it. And so these, those two canceled each other out, but 
the strategy of it was at least smart, even though I fucking hate flopping, much like anyone who ever watches the NBA. But to conserve energy to sit there to be like, okay, we're like, yeah. we got a couple minutes left in this game. Let me try to win it. Uh, and when Le- LeBron looks up to the to the guy who spilled the drink on him, he was like, "Thank you." Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, so Okay. Well, the ironic part is the probably the thing that hurt him most was him throwing himself to the ground to flop. So that was probably where, if he did get hurt, it was from his exaggeration of throwing himself to the ground. So, yeah. But LeBron James, so far, this game was a bad LeBron James game. Uh, he has not really had a good last couple of games, again, with his erratic shooting habits where he he doesn't even have good looks on threes. He literally just jacks them up to conserve energy so he can't go up the middle. And then Anthony Davis, we've always talked about, he's very hot or cold. And the Nuggets already survived a 40-point Anthony Davis game. Can he get more than that? Maybe. Will he? Probably not. So I picked the Nuggets, I believe in six, I want to say. I picked the, yeah, I picked the Heat in five, the Nuggets in six. After these two games, I will say the same thing I said that came true with Celtics 76ers. If the Nuggets win one game, one game in LA, this series ends in five. The next two are in LA. I think the Lakers potentially take the next one, but I think then the Nuggets take two in a row. There's no way, no way, and I'm not going to bet money on it, but I feel pretty confident in saying from what I've seen from these first two games, I don't think there's any way the Lakers can win four four games in this series to win it. Uh, It's just the Nuggets are just too good of a team. And they made some adjustments, uh, even with Joker, quote-unquote, having a bad game. It was still a triple-double. So I just don't think the Lakers have enough gas left in the tank. Uh, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about – oh, I think Casino's out of here. <laughs> we'll kick. And we'll keep them up there. Who cares? Uh, all right. Let's talk about a game I wasn't even prepared to talk about because I legitimately thought we already talked about it. But it is a game I watched that I loved uh, because now everybody knows I am a Jimmy Butler fan, which means I am a Heat fan. And the Heat did the most predictable thing that everybody was acting like wouldn't happen, which was they go into Boston, they beat Boston like they did last year. They go in, take away the home field advantage like they always do, like they've done this entire playoff series. And Jimmy Butler, he had a Jimmy Butler game. He scored 35 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Bam Adebayo has really emerged as the number two star on this team, especially in this playoff run. He was 28 and five. And then you're getting... 15 across the board from guys like Vincent Struz Martin. And then of course, Kyle Lowry. So great, great, uh, great, great basketball game. The Celtics didn't really do anything dumb. They kind of just got outplayed by again, a very good team, right? Everybody always talks about Jimmy Butler on the heat, but you feel confident that when Miami is putting up a shot, it's going to be a good shot. Like the Miami Heat, again, everybody gets annoyed by Heat culture, but 
you watch these games and heat culture literally just means really smart plays, really efficient shot making. Like you get what you get from Jimmy Butler almost every game. He's the most consistent star still left in these playoffs, maybe only behind Joker, but yeah. And then the Celtics, they had a Celtics game, like, and they still lost, which is why I think it's concerning. They had, but oh, my alarm's going off. They scored, they got 30 points from Tatum, seven rebounds, only one assist in 41 minutes. They got uh, Horford to be the defensive standout he's always proven to be. So, yeah. And then you got Brown, you got Smart, you got Brogdon with 22, 13, and 19. And then you even had White make an appearance with 11 points. So again, if you're a Heat fan, I feel like I picked them in five. I feel like you have to be confident. They've had the Celtics number the past couple seasons. I know they lost to them, you know, last year in the playoffs. But this team just, nobody can understand how it works but they've said this for two and a half months at this point. Like this team just knows how to win, especially in the playoffs. They just became become a deadly, deadly shooting team where in the regular season, they were like middle of the pack, maybe bottom third of the league in terms of shooting three, three point percentage. And they're like, hands down the number one best three-point shooting team in the entire playoffs at this point and then obviously they have the ingredients to win they have size with love and at a bio they have the star they have really good perimeter shooters they're really good at rebounding they're really good at putting up efficient shots good at passing like they're the they're the whole package. The Celtics again, they're going to win games in this series. I picked them in I picked the Heat in 5, but this could easily go 6-7. This could easily be uh a Jason Tatum in here, a what? A Brown game, a smart game where just one of them goes off and single-handedly wins the game. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I just think in terms of consistent play I'm picking the heat all day. So yeah, we will be back. This was a little bit shorter show today, but casinos having some stomach problems. I'm still sick and my throat is just gone. Right. So it's a little bit shorter show today, but we were also only here two days ago. So not much else to talk about in terms of what's happened in the past two days, but there will be stuff to talk about. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, to talk about what has transpired in the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. So I've been Will. That was Casino. This has been the Only Sports Podcast, and we'll uh, see you Tuesday. Have a great weekend.